0: knock knock who's there Europe Europe who that's really rude
1: uh, wow, wow. everyone, before we get started, I just wanted to let you know that um, we have a special guest today that continues our work on the recap of Gen Con 2017. So our goal is to go over some of the top decks of Gen Con 2017 as we get ready for Gen Con 2018, which is so incredibly exciting. I also want to thank everyone who's reached out to us on Reddit, on Facebook, on email. We've gotten a lot of great responses recently, and we are going to try to incorporate some of those suggestions into our future podcasts, and we are going to be working on doing some of the ideas that were put, it, put forth on Facebook and the like. So please keep reaching out to us at podcast at gmail.com. Find us on our website, find us on Facebook, find us on Twitter. We love to hear back from people and we love new ideas. But before we get started in that, I want to direct your attention to YouTube and to our website. So our website is randomthoughts.wordpress.com. And if you uh, get a chance, hopefully you will check us out on YouTube now. We are starting a series of web videos. Our first one kind of breaks from the WoW TCG. We start to talk about the card game Gruff, which is really fun if you haven't had a chance to check it out. It loosely follows the story of the Billy Goats Gruff, so hopefully you will look us up on YouTube. But for now, back to WoW. So welcome everyone to Random Thoughts. I'm wife
0: and I'm husband and we have another special guest for you today. So special guest, can you tell us who you are? Uh, my name is Andrew Teske and I like WOW TCG. Yay!
1: <laughs> so you're
0: already ready to go for our
1: intervention. <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> anyway, admitting it is the first step of the problem.
0: So uh, you said you love the WOW TCG. Is But tell us a little bit more about yourself. Is this your first primary game, or did you come to WoW from another game? Or tell us a little bit about your gaming background. Well, um, so when I was, let's go back to when I was 12, and uh, I saw a show called Yu-Gi-Oh! And I said, Mom, I want those really, really bad. I want to play that game. And uh, so for Christmas, I got like a a deck of cards, and I started playing that, and I loved it. And then I grew up a bit, and my friends were playing Magic all of a sudden, and I was like, what's this game? It's not Yu-Gi-Oh! That's stupid. <laughs> and, uh, and they all stopped playing Yu-Gi-Oh! So I moved on to Magic, and I was like, oh, wait, this game's better. Oh, crap. <laughs> <I'm dead now. laughs> and then, uh, I went on to, uh, play, not, not that it's objectively better with the time, that's what I was thinking.
1: Right.
0: Uh, and then I played, uh, Magic for, I, I've still played Magic for a while. I haven't played it since I've been an organ, I mean, recently, but, uh, I played that for forever, and then I met William uh, in Stillwater when, to, when I went to college, and him and Michael Barnes and a few others in town were all playing WoW and I just... I, I was so invested in magic at the time, and I just... Oh, man. I, I, that is, by the way, my biggest regret in Great Game is I did not get into WoW CG during the Scourge War, because uh, I had the opportunity. But... Uh, so. I played a little bit with them. I drafted a little bit with them. And there's, there's a funny story with Michael Barnes that I might, I, I might have to tell at some point where, uh, I accidentally cheated, uh, cause I was new. So, uh, and, uh, so I kind of missed, missed wow. at that point, continue playing magic. And over time, William inter- introduced, inter- introduced me to, uh, more and more card games. And I got a, a feel for more and more games. And then, uh, after after YCG had died, or at near the end of it, and, or after it died, he, he kind of, um, he we started playing a whole lot more. And I was like, man, this game is great. Why did I not play this more before? <laughs> yeah, it, it's unfortunate because you're not alone. There are a number of people that had missed the opportunity they're getting while it was still alive. And it kind of is evidenced by the fact that there are still a number yeah. of people, both on the subreddit and even in the Discord channel that are coming to the game now, and quite clearly aren't, you know... They they just start their gaming career. They've been in the the gaming world for a while, so they probably had a chance.
1: So close. So far. And
0: I just want to say, like, I I went to one tournament before, whenever I was, like, super new during Scourge War, and it was the most welcoming bunch of people I have ever played card games with. (laughs) They gave me deck boxes. Not to interrupt you, I'm sorry. They gave me deck boxes. They gave me, like, play mats. They were like, please play with us. And I played one tournament, and they just... And I should have just stayed. I should have (laughs) stayed.
1: I totally agree with that. Um, I, I think if I had repeated my other gaming experience when I was forced into the WoW gaming experience, I would never have, like peaked my head out again, but you're right, like, the WoW community was, and I still think is, pretty awesome. I'm yeah. just, you know, we, we're we alive, we're a small but hearty bunch. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah,
0: doing our best to keep it alive. So, that's a little bit about your background. So, is, or was, Gen Con 2017 your, I guess, second WoW tournament? Uh, no, actually, I did... Uh, Gen Con 2014, I believe, was the time they did the last uh, special safari. Okay. Uh, and I actually won the last one they ran at that. Nice. And I did uh, some drafts before that, and I've done a number of drafts with with William and and uh, Michael whenever whenever uh, they both lived in Stillwater with me for college. That, my undergrad was in Oklahoma State with uh with them. Okay. And that, that's where I, that's where I met them, and I, I did a bunch of drafts with them now, and then I've also drafts uh, drafted William's cube. A number of times, and I did a couple of tournaments, mostly Spectral Safaris. Nothing like, re- nothing like regionals. I don't remember the names of uh, each level of tournament. Like I know Magic has PTQ, Pro Tour, and stuff, but right. uh, I-, I did, I did a number of basically just drafts. And uh, anytime I go to Gen Con, I try to play about WoW TCG as much as I can. Nice. So here's the big question: Before we move on, did you scratch off that Spectral Tiger? I did not. I, I did not get a special tiger. I got the box for it. The special t- tiger went to the guy sitting next to me. Oh! Because it's, it's that door prize. Oh, that's rough.
1: That's rough. Yeah. Oh, man.
0: How, however, had I won it, I actually probably would not have scratched it off. I would have probably offered it to Logan to see if he wanted it. William, William if you see if he wanted it for his cue. I'm so used to calling him Logan. I've known him for long. Oh, that's good. Uh, But, uh... I I would have seen if he wanted it for his cube. I don't know if it's actually. I don't think it's in his cube, but like I would have seen if he wanted it for that kind of thing. Otherwise, I probably would have sold it because I'm kind of a a, a, a broke grad student. So I can yeah, I can
1: sympathize with that. Yeah, that like speaks to me on a on a very near and dear level. But there is a light at the end of the tunnel. I promise.
0: <laughs> I hope so. Eventually, you get there. I'm in my first year, and it's uh, it's rough. So yeah.
1: <laughs> well, so for this past year. Um, you played a deck, um, locally known as Spider Solitaire. Oh, well, I think it might be a little bit more than local. Okay. I, th- I think <laughs> most of our listeners, everyone, probably have heard known that as term Spider before. Solitaire. Well, anyway, um,
0: it's still that infamous deck that I I've met Jim Kandazoika before. Like he actually worked. I don't know if he owned it, but he. Ran a store up in North Jersey, and I'm originally from Jersey, so I saw him at at events. We played against each other in uh, realm qualifiers and stuff like that. And I remember talking to him or overheard him talking to somebody when we were there about the deck or after the fact. And it was funny that him and his whole team went in thinking, well, we broke the format we figured it out yeah like nobody cause i remember him saying he might have said this on the, on a question of gluttony the old wow podcast mm. that they had figured it out and that they, they were scouring around no one was talking about these interactions nobody was you know it was radio silence on that front and then, mm. and showed then bunnies showed up and nobody talked about spider solitaire again yeah because <laughs> that became the, you know, the hot topic of the day. But because the,
1: bunnies is the bane of everyone's existence. True. But like, at the
0: end of the day, funny. Spider Solitaire was both an incredible deck to watch. Just mm. from the things that it got. I lost to it in the main event. And I'm, So, real quick story time, and then you can tell us your experience with the deck. So, I'm sure. playing Zombie Go at mm. MACC when Spider Solitaire debuted. And I'm playing against my opponent. I sit down in front of him. He drops down Sephiroth. And at that point, I hadn't seen or heard people talking about the deck. It was later in the day, but still day one. I play against him, and my opponent just keeps... I eventually got Varian into play, Varian Rind, so he had like negative four attack, negative four health, his entire board. And he kept face-checking my stuff and <laughs> taking damage, just because he would forget about it. And I'm like, okay, am I going to win this round easily? Because my opponent doesn't... Like, he's just forgetting about onboard tricks. Mm-hmm. And multiple turns in a row, and then he just like pummeled me for like thirty damage in a single turn. And I'm like, well, I guess I lose.
1: <laughs> yeah, I actually I remember your face after that happened.
0: Well, it was a it was definitely a feeling of what the hell just happened to me. Like, <laughs> I I know what happened, but what happened? Yeah. So is that how you would describe the deck, or how would you tell somebody who? Isn't familiar with this deck, what it is and what it does. So I actually was not familiar with the deck before about a week before uh, the about a week before the tournament at Gen Con. Okay. And uh, William was offering me like different decks to like kind of think about and look over and try to understand. And uh, I, he he offered me a couple others. I don't remember. I don't remember off the top of my head the other ones he offered me, but uh, he and then he said this one called Spider Solitaire, and I was like, wait, why the hell is that called Spider Solitaire? <laughs> And he was like, "Well, it kind of like it has the Nerubians in it." And by by the way, I play the I play the video game way too much. Okay. So like, I know the lore. I guarantee you, you guys know more about this card game than I do in terms of like all the cards and like what like the names and the, right. the, the, the the encyclopedic knowledge kind of thing. I, right. I remember the pictures and I remember yeah. the characters. I don't know what all of them all of them do all the time, so I be, like ask.
1: To be fair, I'm mostly on your side. Like I play the game, I remember the pictures, and I I'm getting better about remembering what the cards do. But I'm still definitely like, oh, you mean what, the one with the angry looking Torin? Okay, I know which yeah. card you're talking
0: about now. <laughs> but uh, I he offered he offered me um, Spider Solitaire, and he said, "Hey, look over this deck." And I looked over it for a second. and was like, "This looks like a graveyard deck." And uh, he was like, "Yeah, it's kind of just like mess of the graveyard, mill yourself, you know." Uh, Control that sort of thing. And in when I play Magic, um, my one commander deck I have, if you guys play that, um, right. is black-green graveyard stuff. Okay. And I love interacting with the graveyard and, like, interacting with different ways of card advantage. And I also, if I can uh, sacrifice something on my side of the field to do far more damage to something <laughs> on the other side of the field, something in me loves that, so I, will just, <laughs> I am drawn to that. Yeah, that's so, definitely a fun interaction, regardless of game.
1: Yeah. Whereas I'm so, the one who has a panic attack that I'm destroying my own. Thing. I can't play this. Type she gets of too debt. attached. To I get so attached to things that I get so sad when they die. So you guys beat me on that front, definitely.
0: Whenever I started learning magic, uh, what what there's like a number of like kind of level up moments that newer players have that like realize like certain truths about it. And one that I had super early, but I had other ones super late. I had I had this one super early. I realized that the last life point is the one that matters. None of the others. And so I would play cards that just sacrificed my life like constantly so that I could draw cards or do damage or something. And I was like super new, so I was bad at it, but I just loved doing it. And uh, that's a an good so, lesson to pick up early. Yeah, it was great. I, I was late on others. Like don't get me wrong, I wasn't some prodigy or something. <laughs> uh. Well, on that one, I just I just love doing it. So when I saw when I saw this deck was like Death Rattle and uh, and William kind of like described it as sort of a, a, a greater interaction deck. I was like, I want that one. That's the one I want to play. <laughs> Tell us about the, the deck, like how it played out. You know, was there anything super memorable about particular interactions aside from the obvious? Yeah, uh, one is like like you said earlier, the guy missing one board tricks. This deck is forgiving if you do the right things. That is like, definitely true. <laughs> if you like you can also just luck into wins if you if if you honestly don't know what you're doing, if you play the Ring of Blood uh quest, like you may just luck into nine damage. That's the thing you might do. <laughs> uh, uh and like you, you might luck into that, you might luck into Araka, you might you might luck into hitting uh, a new rack into the graveyard, like, oh I have uh I have uh two I have two mana in my graveyard and a lot of stuff. So let's uh let's play in a play. Like, it just so many interactions this deck are so synergetic that <laughs> The pilot is only doing so much at at, at, at like a at like a floor level. Mm-hmm. There's a huge ceiling to it, but that floor is forgiving at some points. True, it and definitely does let you do some super unfair things and super early. Yeah, because I, I remember. Uh, by the way, if, if I remember correctly, you were playing the the priest the horde priest deck that would flip and we'd each discard a card. Yes, exactly. Oh, that was the most cool game I played that day. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad yeah. to be part of it. Yeah, that was, that was super fun. And it was like very, it, like, you, you obviously like eat me out of that win because like, like you, you did better than I did. Like you, you're, you were obviously a better player because I, I, I think, if you remember correctly, I think I made a mistake by my Anubarak. I think and, so, yeah. Yeah, and, uh, you were, you were able to get that. That, that's, by the way, that's the thing I love about the YFCGG is that like, I made that mistake. I can tell where I made that mistake. I can improve on that. Like, y- you, you took that, you took that win because you made the better plays. And I I love that about this game. And uh, even though this deck is, like, kind of, like, it does some unfair things in kind of a fair way, I don't know how to explain that better, like, it still required skill to run. Yeah, that's it. And from having tested the deck now prior to Classic really being a thing, uh, and honestly, we had written off Spider Solitaire relatively early in our testing last year, but you guys definitely have some unique Tech cards in there. For example, Anubarak is, in retrospect, it's super yeah, obvious. I don't know especially, like, why why didn't we have that. <laughs> well, especially since we were running it in so many other decks, it's like, well, yeah. why didn't we go back? And it adds the redundancy of a sixth spider, or excuse me, a yeah. fifth spider. He's a yeah. fifth beetle. He's a fifth spider, and he hits just as hard as a powered up champion. So it's great. yeah, you can really ruin someone's day. So for anyone out there that's not familiar. Can you go over the basic interaction? Like, how it, we keep saying that this deck does unfair things. But yeah. What exactly does it do? So the very basic thing is the ability Death Rattle, and I'm assuming everybody's pretty familiar with that. But just in case, Death Rattle is when this card goes to the graveyard from anywhere—so built from your deck, discarded from your hand, died from the field, anything like that. If this ability triggers, and there are a number of cards in the deck that have abilities that trigger off of that. Such as Incendiary Totem, A Rock of the Cutthroat, and uh, I'm thinking of... I'm looking directly at it. Uh, Stormstrike so, Mace? No, that's the yeah. one I'm thinking about. Stormstrike, Stormstrike Mace. And as a shaman, that ready's a thing, not, not uh, taps a thing. Right. So uh, your one of your main goals is to like kind of mill yourself as fast as you can, because the more you're milling yourself, the more potential things are happening during during uh, times you're not supposed to be doing things. Yeah. So... Whenever you play uh, the Ring of Blood, the Warmall Champion, normally that card would be like, okay, it's a quest to get some things in my graveyard, and I can pay three and draw a card. No, if you first turn war- the Ring of Blood and you mill, was it three cards or two? Oh, on my head. Uh, uh three sorry. cards. Yeah. Yeah, if you mill three cards and you mill an, an Incendiary Totem, a Rock of the Cutthroat, and uh, a Rock of the Cutthroat, which I, I did one time. <laughs> I'm sure your opponent was thrilled to have that happen. Oh no, I did. I did like what? I think it was eleven damage that turn, and uh, on turn on like turn one, and they were like, "The hell!" <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah,
0: and they they were playing mage, and I was like, "Ability? <laughs> <laughs> it seems good. Yeah. It seems really good." Seems, yeah. seems he had like more quests in hand. Like yeah. he had more quests in hand than I expected, but like it, it just. Oh damn like, is like a sizable like... chunk. <laughs> yeah, and he he just like kind of stared at me like mouth wide open. Uh. So the the death rattle uh, effect combined with like the the ring of blood and uh, a, 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 a Joleneck death watcher um, and just and uh, elemental vision that's the last card that whenever you play those things elemental vision now becomes draw three cards for two mana in some, in some capacity yeah and, and and at instant speed two nonetheless and it just all of these cards have synergy in some way except feral spirit I'll get like I'll, I'll mention that in a second <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> All of these cards have synergy in some way that just interact together and just make this kind of, like, complete machine that just works itself until it just sees the opponent. Feral Spirit should in there because it is one of the most efficient cards I've ever seen in this game. Yeah. Feral Spirit, well, the whole—you mentioned Surge War block earlier. That That's another one from there, and really that, that entire set, that whole block, had so many game-defining cards, class-defining cards, spec-defining cards. That obviously they still make their presence felt today.
1: That's why I'm pretty sure it's, like, the only chance I know I have of, like, really remembering things, because it was, like, my introduction to the game, and those cards are still mostly around, so that's always nice. Yeah, if they
0: got phased out, it would if be. If they got
1: phased out, I would have been having a bad
0: time. <laughs> <laughs> so you mentioned yeah. the, the graveyard shenanigans that you can do. So the name is Spider Solitaire, and wife and I know where that originates from, but can you describe a little bit about that? Where, How are you playing your own game of solitaire compared to what you would normally do in a game when you're running this deck? So what, the thing is, is on your turns, uh, remember that you can't counter an opponent playing a quest. So right. you, can counter, you can counter the ability of the quest like triggers if you have a card for it, but you can't counter the quest itself. So if I play the Ring of Blood and I want to mill my three cards, I'm going to mill those three cards. And there's not much you can do to stop that. So if I if I'm like, hey, you have three creatures, two of them have two health. You, I don't want to. I don't want to deal with them. I'm gonna. I can instead of like like before I do anything in my turn, I can look at that quest and play it and hope to find an in Seer- incendiary totem. And I can kind of play cards to kind of hope to find the cards that I'm looking for. And that can't be interacted with. Like it can't. Be, it, like I, I, you just can't stop me from doing that. Right. And then, uh, and then I at the end of your turn, a lot of the times I'm just like, okay, well elemental vision, now I'm gonna search for cards I'm looking for. Oh, and by the way, take four. Like with with Uraka or something like that. It's it also it also plays a Squall Totem and Windshear, which are already cards that say, No, you can't play, let me let me have my turn back. And uh with Windshear, like compared compared with my history of magic, Windshear is such a powerful card. Oh, man. <laughs> Yeah, did did you ever wish the counterspell also had a tap on it? (laughs) Yeah. Do do you like cryptic command? Do you like cheaper cryptic command?
1: (laughs) Exactly. Do you ever get to, like, live the dream with, like, lots of spider swings?
0: I did get to, I didn't get to, like, do a whole ton of spider swings, but I did get a, a, a bunch of situations where the board was sort of stalled, sort of stalled. But they were uh they were they weren't respecting my, my champions as much as they probably should've because the second because uh, because uh, they were three threes at the time, and then all I needed was one mill card. Like if I played Elemental Vision, I could then pick a card that could go with the graveyard I wanted to go in, and now they're six 6s mm-hmm. And the one of the best moves I remember doing was kind of I didn't tell my opponent I was doing this a little blind, but they were three three Z- uh, Jolanek champions and I swung in with both of them and uh he uh I I am sorry, I swung with one of them and then he, de- he doesn't respond to that. I play Elemental Vision, and I look at the top three cards, I go, oh, thank God, it's the ability I'm looking for. Throw the ability in the... Uh, no, sorry, ability. Uh, minion. Uh, was it Minion? The uh, It was one of the types I had to have. Yeah, it was oh, ally. Right, not really. Yeah. Because uh, uh, the abilities go in the graveyard with Elemental Vision. I didn't have an ability, I didn't have an ally, but I had the equipment in there. And from from the Strike Mesa I found it earlier. So I play... Uh, I play... Uh, Elemental Vision, and then find find the ally I'm looking for, dump it in the graveyard, and suddenly I'm hitting for six, and then six again on my next swing. And they were just like, that came out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, the <laughs> deck really sometimes goes, well, I guess I win. <laughs> you yeah, take goes, a million, oops. <laughs> I think that's one of the really powerful parts of the deck, is that it commands respect at all points in the game. And it, like, if you don't respect one thing, it may just be able to just take that, take that little part you weren't paying attention to and just drive her through it. Yeah, I mean, depending on the opposing class, a single hit from that 6-6 is closing in on 25% of your health total. So yeah. it doesn't take a whole lot to close out, especially if you open the game by doing 11 to them for, air quotes, free. Yeah. Oh, something else I hadn't mentioned yet. Uh, all things in good time. What an all-star. Oh, yes. Can you uh, <laughs> did, tell us how fantastic that quest is? Uh I okay. There were a number of cards I underestimated going into this before I started like playtesting it, and those cards were absolutely all things in good time. And not project me. I'm looking at the deck list right now, kind of like double checking on my my own wording. But that one, and then uh, calamity's grasp, and storm strike mace. Those those were the three cards. I'm like, I don't know if those are going to do a whole lot for me. (laughs) And Uh, then I I was you learned fast. (laughs) I learned fast. So. Because when you play All Things in Good Time on turn one, and you have say a uh, if you have say an Incendiary Totem, a uh, Storm like maybe maybe not maybe not turn one so important on Storm Strike Mace, but you have Incendiary Totem and you have Araka and you have uh, I mean let's let's say you have like an Edge of ability or something you're not going to be able to play this game uh, because it's going to go too fast or you know what you're doing you just like All Things in Good Time complete it discard those three, do a whole bunch of stuff turn one, probably snipe them in the head for a bunch of damage to Aruka, and, and then just draw three more cards. Um, and that's like, uh, when I say turn one, that is probably worst case scenario. <laughs> like, yes. you don't normally do a turn one, but just saying, you can do it if you wish to. Yeah. And, like, turn, it, like the, the the biggest blowouts I had were all things in good time, uh, doing uh, doing uh, three with Incendiary tongue to the Face, Doing uh, like three or four with Aruka and then discarding Stormstrike Nays to prepare like another attack. And it, it all things good time interacts with so many things in this deck, and it sets up so many different options for you. And oh man, I can't. Also, the, also I, the fact that Incendiary Totem is also an ally. Yeah. Just it, it's so big. I, I man, I, I I don't know. I'm kind of like going over it again in my head. Just <laughs> the tournament. There's so many options and things you can do. Well, speaking of uh, what happened, so what did you play against besides me running out of it? What were your other rounds? Off the top of my head, I remember I played against a very, very controlled mage um, who tried to get to Kel'Thuzad. And then the other one I played against was, I don't remember the name of it, but it was the Death Knight Shaman monster hero. And uh, he played a very odd um, kind of token-style deck. Okay. And it was, it was really interesting, and it was, it was really good. I eked out the win on that one because of just repeated uh, champion swings and also a a, a sweet edge of oblivion trick. If I remember correctly this was the game, Uh, I had swung, I had 8 mana uh, and I had 8 mana up uh, played an edge of oblivion uh, swung with it uh, finished a quest uh, uh, it was finished uh, all things a good time to uh, discard a Stormstrike mace and untap my hero uh, discard a couple of things that wasn't the important part. Play my other Edge of Oblivion.
1: <laughs> swing, yeah. for,
0: swing for more. Seems good. That <laughs> seems
1: that seems yeah. like a positive uh, hand.
0: Yeah, we yeah, actually assuming I don't know if there were multiple Mogdar lists. That's the DK Shaman hero, but I yes, know okay. uh, Nathan Cole, I think is his name. We're trying that to get an interview. Oh, yeah. it was okay because we're trying to get an interview with him because the deck that deck is so unique as well. Obviously. such a cool deck. Yeah, yeah. It, it looks super interesting, and I want to ask him a million questions, because I didn't get a chance to see it played.
1: Yeah, and he just... Husband loves Magdar. Yeah, I've been <laughs> trying to
0: get my own Mogdar list to work for a while across a number of different ideas. Yeah. But, anyway, I digress. <laughs> so those were three of the matchups. Do you remember what your fourth one was? I'm really trying, because that was my, my first matchup, I believe, was was the one I'm forgetting, and I don't remember much of it, because uh, it was back in August, and I, I oh, think yeah. I it's oh, no, some... It yeah, I assume you've slept a couple times between now and then. Uh, if you can count two hours a night, sometimes sleeping. working. Well, if you add it all together, then it counts as a yeah. full night's sleep. That's how it works, right? Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh. However, I do want to mention Nathan was a really cool opponent, and he was he was like the first guy I met there before anyone anyone else came there. He's such a cool dude. Nice. So. Awesome. Uh, but I the, the the I remember being the most afraid of the mage deck I played against. Um, because I I just have like this natural fear of control of control shells.
1: And that's uh Understandable.
0: He, yeah. He apparently forgot to get this like another Kelpazad or another copy of a card in his deck.
1: Oh no, uh, that's the worst.
0: Yeah, and uh whenever one of them went to the graveyard, I annubaracked it away and he just couldn't win. Oh, well that man. was the first game. And the second game I ended up uh just slamming him in the first few turns. There, there's not much you could have done.
1: Right. You're t- giving us a bunch of names. What do you think overall is your deck MVP card?
0: Oh man. <sighs> <laughs> giving the tough choices. You
1: have to choose between your children now. I know Oh man.
0: Like I'm gonna have like it's either it's either gonna go to a Nubarak or uh, one of the quests. Like they're just too good. Yeah, I can definitely see that. It, the the uh, quests, like you said before, when you were describing when you first picked up the deck, aren't, they don't jump at you and scream in your face that I'm the most powerful card in the deck. But they yeah. are quite quietly probably the most powerful cards in the deck. Do you, okay, I can tell you what the most underrated card by my opponents was. Okay. And what was that? And that was Grazzlegrum, though. <laughs> I,
1: can, I can see that. Yeah. He looks pretty pathetic when you really yeah. get down to him.
0: The, the, I, I, he comes into play, he's just a little like, a little dude, and then the end of their turn, you draw a card and discard a card. <laughs> yeah. And then they're like, oh, he lets you discard a card. It's not the draw card that's important, is it? Exactly.
1: Yeah, the slow and,
0: realization, I'm sure, was uh, delicious as you're watching your <laughs> opponents figure it out. Yeah, especially because he fixes, like, if you dr- you don't want to draw your death rattle cards. Oh, <laughs> the point. And So Unless you already have all things in good time or something like that. But, like, if you if you have, like, two incendiary tones just stuck in your hand, you play him, you discard one and, like, lightning bolt your opponent to the face or kill one of their dudes, and then you get a card out of it. Like, you got to play a card for free, and then you get a new card. Like, he's so great. So, but he was definitely underrated, and, like, Adubarak was definitely the biggest boy, and he was fun to play.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like... It goes to say, Anubrek is the traitor king, but I would say definitely the quests are the quiet power behind the throne, sort of yeah. thing. They,
0: they really are. Was that, they, re- was that
1: a good enough pun? Yes. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't know. I don't think that counts. As a I don't know. Pun. Whatever. It works. Anyway, um, would you make any changes to your deck? Uh,
0: I haven't mentioned anything in the sideboard yet. Um, the, okay, so I don't think that I. Off the top of my head, have enough knowledge of the game to know what I would replace cards with. Mm-hmm. I would have to sit for a while, and look through things. I will, however, tell you that the card I used the least was Astral Recall. When it came in handy, it was really handy, but it was definitely the card I used the least. Mm-hmm. Um, in my so, I may I, I might like make a swap in the sideboard to mainboard kind of thing. Um, the in the sideboard, I always I almost always sideboard and buzzed in Almost every single time. Yeah. The, yeah. He, uh, well, if you've listened to the show and anybody out there listening, I'm sure is tired of our broken record of ongoing abilities kind of reign supreme in classic. Yeah. They virtually, I mean, this is one of the few decks that, yes, it has ongoings, but really you you're only using them for the answers play most of the time or the death rattle as it pertains to each specific card. Virtually every other deck has some number of ongoings that are very impactful. Yeah, and Buzzdin just did so much. Like, out of the sideboard, Buzzdin's the star. Like, yeah. he, he he did so much. Yeah. The, um, I also almost, like, the the extra Squall Totems and the extra Wind Shear also saw a lot more play. Um, oh, oh, and the Clammy's Grass. Clammy's Grass is a big deal. I know I haven't talked about it much, but, like, it just does so much of the work for you on, on getting rid of your opponent's equipment.
1: Yeah, and you... It's definitely, you need some type of removal, and that's a great way to have removal, especially in this deck, because you have everything.
0: Yeah, yeah. you can very easily just pitch anything, like, and not only blow up one of their things, get a secondary effect. And then help effect. You more. It, yeah. Yeah, As you started out with, the deck is so synergistic, and everything interrelates so perfectly, really. Every card helps every other card. Yeah, that's what makes it so hard to pick like a, like a star. Like, yeah, Nubarak's obviously is a big dude. He definitely wins games, but like, he he if it were if the deck were just him, he wouldn't be doing nearly the amount of power as he does. Of course, and it, it's just it, it does so part of what made the, the game so interesting against against your priest deck was that I know you had to think about do I want to activate this discard ability exactly? Yeah, there was a lot of arithmetic going on, and I was not a fan of having to do that on the fly. <laughs> oh, I love that. That's one of my favorite parts of card yeah. games. Well, I was, I honestly went in hoping, I'm like, nobody, I don't remember anyone ever talking about a New rack, and it came out in the last set, so maybe people aren't aware, but I was hoping to catch people by surprise, and then I got surprised by seeing them on the other side. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that was a def- That was definitely a super interesting mind game between you and I, where oh, we yeah. had the, like, Interact with that. Yeah, it was it was very stressful. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now, I was going in. I'm like, okay, I don't have to worry about anything. I just got to make sure that you know I don't walk into obvious double Aruka, double incendiary totem situations if I can help it. And then the the Trader King shows up and starts throwing a wrench in everything. <laughs> that that was just it was just a super interesting game. That's oh, why yeah. it's one of my favorites. So uh, were there sorry, any, Go ahead. Oh uh, no, Any matchups either in your testing? You would mention the Mogdar deck being very interesting. We were just talking about the Emic build, and then how you felt against that control mage in your testing. Or is there anything that you really want to see with this deck, or you don't want to see? For those people out there that aren't uh, maybe say, hey, that's a really cool deck. It sounds awesome. What the hell do I do with it? What am I afraid of? That sort of thing. <laughs> Yeah, off the top of my head, uh, one of the only ways that I was... The only reason I was able to beat Nathan's deck was because I drew multiple Totems squaltodum, and then used my Ancestral uh, my ancestral Recall to get more Totems. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, it, it does not have a way to mass remove tokens. Um, so you kind of have to tempo that out. Uh, and if you don't tempo it out, you're just not going to win it. The... Um, so tokens are really or to, tokens that are, do a good job of building are really spooky. Um, well, what's the card at, at the beginning of every turn it puts a one one into play, and then there's another one that heals uh, based on number of tokens you number of dujia in play. I can't remember the name of the two cards. They're both alliance.
1: Um,
0: uh, oh well, there's uh, Nasala Silver Tree puts a uh, tree and token into play every turn. Yes, that's uh, the one I'm thinking. Okay, of. yeah, the, the that's yours. Most of the cards I know are from are from Williams Cube. So okay. uh, like those the, the cards I was worried about were the ones that are like the powerhouses in that cube. So uh, but that was my first thought of something I didn't want to see <laughs> because if if they if they can see if they can do that and protect it and just build it they can outnumber me and I can't uh, I can't keep up with that for too long. Mm-hmm. Um, but this deck is so good at tempo that you, if if you draw fine you might be able to. Pretty well get through it. True. Sure. Uh, also, sideboarding through is, is also sideboarding correctly is very very important. Um, and I know that I I know that like I know that I made mistakes on sideboarding even in that tournament, and I, I I think that some of the games may have gone smoother for me had I done that correctly. I don't think it would have changed our, our game that much. I think I think I sideboarded fine, but the one against. Uh, I think the one against Nathan's deck. Other than other than skull Totem, I I, I know I sideboarded it a little correctly on that one with Windshear Shear Totem instead, of um, uh, another option I had. I don't remember fully what the entire situation was. I just remember that thinking that. Um, the other like I, I I was afraid of the Mage Control, but I think that was just an ingrained fear of being afraid of Mage and also hearing horror stories about slow.
1: Yeah, right. slow Mage. The thing so is, is
0: fun. you do have an. an I guess, an obvious out in a new Brack, because, well, yeah. good luck interrupting him forever. He's going to get through eventually. Yeah. And uh, also, the other thing is, I didn't know that this... There, there are also a lot of cards I still don't know exist in this game, so when I go up against someone in classic, like, I kind of just assume to lose. Because <laughs> I, I feel like I'm just going to get blindsided by something I don't know about. Uh, it, but the card, the, the card I didn't know existed in the game against the mage that I played, that I actually was able to play around unknowingly, was a card that got back X number of spells from the grave from the graveyard and put it back in his hand? Oh are, was he running Flickers from the Past? Because that one puts it directly into play. Unless um you're thinking of something else or referring to something. Nope. Else. You're right, it was in play. It was in play. It was, that okay. was the one. It was, like, ongoing abilities put him in play, and yeah, I yeah. didn't know that card existed, and I had Nubarak all of his stuff away. Uh, yeah, that's another advantage. And he just stared at me, and he was like, that does what now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can only imagine he was not happy about seeing that. Yeah, it, he had exactly... He had, okay, he had five cards in play, and I remember having a Nubarak in my graveyard and be like, please counter this, please counter this. We're <laughs> <laughs> having a way to get a Nubarak into my graveyard or something like that. Yeah. And I, I just remember, like... Please counter this. I want to be able to wipe your graveyard, please. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that, that's a good, that's a feel-good moment. Yeah. feels good, man.
1: So are you thinking, are, well, are you coming back to Gen Con this year, and do you think you'll play the stick again, or do you think you're going to switch it up?
0: If, if I come to Gen Con, I would love to, but uh, as I mentioned earlier, I'm a first-year grad student. I don't have a whole lot of money this time. Mm-hmm. And I also moved across the country uh, from Oklahoma to Oregon, so I don't have the road trip kind of group that was going to Gen Con every year. Yeah,
1: I mean, That I, was, I used to go to. You don't want a with, road trip through the
0: Rockies by yourself? I, I no. can't imagine why. I don't really know. It does sound like a good time to me. It's um, even more difficult than it sounds. Oh, I, I believe it. Uh, I feel really bad. My, my girlfriend or roommate had to drive up from Oklahoma with, with our cats and yeah. the moving truck. Wow. No. I, I came a month early because I had a class start early. So I was here by myself for a while, but um yeah I I, I I like I feel bad for them, but I'm also really happy I
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah i um I'm, i i I am an east coast baby. I am definitely an East Coast baby. I had not been west of Chicago until about five years ago. Um, and the first time I saw the Rockies, I, I, I cried because they were terrifying. It had nothing to do with like massive beauty, which of course they were beautiful. And I was like, this is the scariest thing I've ever seen. And mm. then, and then I was told, oh, we're driving over those. I was like, no, no, I'm just, I'm going to get on a plane right now and go home. Cause I can't do that. Just, just Not get need on a plane to good. go over the mountains, get a plane to go home. Yeah, no, I, I would <laughs> okay. go Okay. No, sure. cause I knew there could be nothing good on the other side So. <laughs> Um, so I'm going to do, real quick, I'm going to do, uh, a couple of, uh, silly either-or questions, and then, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the future, if that's okay with you. Sure. All right. So, are you prepared?
0: Uh, as prepared as I will be.
1: All right. Alliance or Ford?
0: Currently alliance.
1: Constructed or limited?
0: Uh, I've always been a limited person.
1: Combo, control, or aggro?
0: Can I pick mid range? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's,
1: that's acceptable. Yeah. Why is that on here anyway? Um, and here is the the fifty four thousand dollar question.
0: Hmm. Charlie number. <laughs> <I don't care.
1: laughs> Darkwing Duck or Batman?
0: Oh man, I've seen more Batman, but I love Darkwing Duck. <laughs> I think that goes to a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go with Darkwing Duck on this one. Yes. There we go. All right. Yeah.
1: You chose correctly. Yes.
0: <laughs> so we, and I don't know if you listened to our other interviews, we used to have a lot more questions. We cut them down because a lot of them were bordering on a little too silly. So Yeah.
1: Like, this way we can
0: keep it kind of focused. <laughs> gotcha.
1: But Darkwing Duck and Batman, that had to happen because that's obviously <laughs> the most crucial question of the month. Of course.
0: So before we move into the Monk set, and we did want to get your thoughts on that, do you have any general thoughts on Classic? Um, from what I have played of it, which uh, admittedly is a limited amount, um, from what I have played of it, I very much enjoyed it. It was different. It, it There was enough range that I still felt that kind of... that feeling whenever you're new to a card game and there's still new cards you don't know about and you're kind of like excited and also terrified to play against them. <laughs> right. Which, which is a great feeling. I love being in that zone. Um, in that kind of zone of a game. Um, the, it was a bit, in a way it was a bit too wide, but I don't think that was necessarily a bad thing, that was just my inexperience, mm-hmm. and I, I'm i excited to play more of it, I can say that much. Yeah, um, I mean, we've had to, you know, when you, just to touch upon something you just mentioned about it being too wide, we felt the same way in some respect, because honestly I think it's mostly just there isn't enough data at this point. So I agree. Yeah, the more events, the more it gets narrowed down. I think people start figuring it out, coalescing into certain tiers, but it does make it a different set of challenges where, yes, metas are really bad if there's only one good deck or one yeah. deck dominates everything else. It's the other side of the coin where it's everything is, you know, like you can't prepare at all, and then you have a bunch of 90-10 matchups because, okay, well... I can either choose to beat this deck or that deck, but not both. Yeah, and then there's yeah. a million different options that can be equally bad, just in a different way. Yeah, the uh, I think that uh, they de- they favor different kinds of players, especially when looking at it from a design point of view. Um, like the the one that's like a an a, a, like immense range of decks where everything's viable that can fa- that that favors uh, players who enjoy. Who like, do you know much about the, of the psychographics of like Jimmy to me? Uh, Spike, fourth, that kind of thing? Yes, it was funny. I was just telling wife... Johnny, realized, Johnny, sorry. Yeah, I was telling wife the other day, I don't remember why this came up, I realized I've been playing card games, starting with Magic, for over 20 years now. Jeez, yeah. Like, I, I realized that the other day, and I'm like, wow. Like, no, it, it really know. is, because I started playing Magic with Revised, and, I mean, I didn't get into the tournaments until later, probably around Mirage Block, maybe a little bit prior to that just because there wasn't a scene and you know i was young um, <laughs> much younger then so it, it was a uh, you know mom and dad are like i don't know if i just want to drop you off at this random place <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but uh yeah it, i've followed a lot of that stuff and i find it very interesting so before i ramble too much so how
1: are,
0: how are those three profiles relating back to your point so I, I don't like looking at people as either one or the other. I like, it's all kind of a sliding scale. And but I think that um the the player who is who is more spike than anything else is going to be more frustrated with metas that are uh that are uh varied in in every which way because right. they cannot guarantee themselves higher chances of winning. And because that's the way that that uh, and I I can admit that I'm I'm definitely a lot spike. That's why I play tournaments as much as I can. Right. Um but uh that's why uh, we we want to maximize our chance of winning because we draw enjoyment from winning. Not that that, that that that's a very neutral thing. It's it's not like we, we win at all costs, but like winning is part of the, is part of the high of playing the game. Right. And it, if that if you are entirely cut off from that section, then it can kind of feel bad. Um. But to uh, the, the the main the main sides of me are definitely uh, Timmy and Spike. And then uh, if, if you heard of Melbourne, by the way. Yes. Okay, that is um, that is the one that I am furthest on. I'll put it that way. Okay. That one may uh, not. Most people probably know Johnny, Timmy, Spike. Can you elaborate on that one? Uh, on uh, Melvin, on Melvin is yeah. someone who, who enjoys. Did, did you mean elaborate on the three or, or on Melvin? On Melvin, yeah. Okay. Uh, on Melvin is the person who enjoys uh, rules interactions and how and how the rules text specific what it means specifically and how it interacts with cards around it and if you know you are a melvin if there's a card in magic it was kavu it wasn't flame tongue it was from future sight it was from future sight and uh, the reason i mention it is is this card can be three different cards in one on the surface and because of its rules text and it is such a i mean this kind of sounds silly but it's a beautiful card because it is a simple three lines of text that can do a number of combinations of not broken very interesting things and that is the kind of thing that I love in, in games, is looking at the system and how the system interacts with itself. It's funny hearing the name Kabu Flametongue. I haven't heard that in so long. <laughs> and I remember going to the pre-release and everyone losing their goddamn minds over that card. It, it was super strong back then. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it, if it has maintained its power level, because creatures in general have gotten stronger. But that, that was a really fun card back in the day. The, the card I was thinking of, if in case anybody plays Magic and wants to understand what I'm trying to talk about, is a uh, Fireball Kabu, and it's, uh, it has an echo cost. Which, if you know the rules of Magic, you can go read the card. But the, basically, the kind of t- the kind of two long I didn't read of it is that it does, two, whenever enters play, it does two damage, and whenever it leaves play, it deals four damage, uh, and it, it's a four-two. So you can either make it come into play, deal two damage to itself, deal four damage to something else, or you can make it come into play, deal four damage to something, and then leave it as a creature. Or you can not pay its Echo cost, which is an optional rule of that game. And then when it comes to play, it deals two, and when it dies, it deals two. It deals four. And it does these three different things with an optional kind of, like, leave it in play it as a creature sort of thing, in such an intermeshing, synergistic-with-itself way that it's just such an interesting card that only has two lines of abilities and then one optional ability on the top.
1: Oh, yeah. definitely.
0: Yeah. And, uh, that's the stuff I love. And, and in, uh, in WoW CTG, that stuff is all over the place, and that's one of the reasons I love it so much. Is All the rules are uh, simple and intuitive in a way, but they interact with themselves in such such an interesting way. Like, instant being a super tight uh, abilities and ongoing, and how that works. Um, like, I, I love the rules of games and how uh, cards interact with them.
1: Yeah. That's fair. Well, speaking of rules of games, as we're... Not switching up the rules of the WoW game, but we're adding new ones. Um, what are you thinking about the monk set?
0: So I w- I'm kind of I, I want to say technically because I am on the design team. I just I-, I designed relatively very few cards. Um, I've I've kind of been there for like I've kind of helped with some flavor stuff and I've designed a couple of cards like the the fist weapons for Windwalker. Okay. That one that mine. Nice. Uh, and I also helped with the idea for uh, the staff. The, the legendary the the, the staff that uh, the 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 remaster one okay um, kind of what to do with that cool. but I feel like it wasn't so much me as it was uh, Williams design philosophy for monk and the cards that he presented first Okay. because they so clearly defined a um, a class uh, a class fantasy and a class like like a class uh, identity for what it could do. Okay. um and I, I know i compare a lot of stuff to magic but it's kind of part, it, it's kind of impossible not to because there's been so much abstract work done by the designers of that game right mm. um it's been around so it, long it's hard not to
1: yeah I mean yeah. It, it is card games whether you want it to be or not magic is yeah. the card game yeah the um uh,
0: the reason I mention it, though is the abstract notion of the color plan in magic also applies to world of warcraft and how uh, every and every uh every every class gets specific things that they can do and can't do. And that was what I, that's what William was doing his best to um, establish was what monk can do and what it cannot do. And I believe that his cards, I I know that, I know that his cards, um, a lot of them may come off as a little more uh, as a little underpowered or um, something, but I think there's a a little more subtlety to it. Um, And some of them, like, do you remember the card Zen pilgrimage? The quest? Uh, it, it was it was the spell that turns quest face up. Oh, that yes, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. That card in itself is so perfect for establishing what monk can do. Mm-hmm. And you do see um, that effect repeated on a number of cards, so I can definitely see where you're going with that. Yeah, um, that's why we wanted the brewmaster one to do that something like that too, and that's why that's why I suggested that be the ability for it because that, that we, we didn't want Monk to get direct card advantage. We wanted them to have to, like, do something to earn that. And uh, flipping quests and then, excuse me, flipping quests and then uh, flipping them the back face up and then paying for them again to do them again. That's kind of, That was kind of a, a good idea for that, that we that we uh, liked having Monk be able to do. Especially with, if you played a, uh, do you both play World of Warcraft video game? Yes. Yeah. Okay, so have you ever played a Monk?
1: I have not I have. The, you did start yeah. one? Okay. Um yeah, it's been a, i c I've been focusing on like my old car my old characters, but yeah, I do have a monk.
0: Yeah, unfortunately my experience with monks up to this point is Warcraft three and and Chen, gotcha. And that's about it. I get you. Um they have an ability called Zen Pilgrimage where they can teleport back to their um back to their kind of base. Um, and it's it's a it's kind of a refuge where you're able to gain experience boosts, and there's always a quest every ten levels, and there's a daily quest there you can do for more experience that gives you a fifty percent buff in experience for an hour, um, that stacks. Oh, then that so, that relates pretty damn directly to yeah, exactly, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's pretty nice. Which is, which is, we thought, like, will we want to be able to make this, like, a daily sort of quest thing, kind of, that we could, so flipping it back face up kind of makes it feel that way. Right. And uh, also, the, re- the reciprocate ability was also a way to kind of give them a way of card advantage without actually giving them an extra card. Um, discarding a card to gain that type of card that was played. And that was the, that was kind of the idea that that, that, that William had with that, that, that honestly, I, I know I designed the two cards, like, the Staff and, and the, the Fist Weapon. But I, I really feel like they were just spaces that needed to exist that w- the rest of William's cards created, if that makes sense.
1: Well, yeah, it definitely does. That's awesome. Um, so how do you think, like, all, all of Monk, how do you think it's, you know, use your crystal ball. Um, how do you think it's going <laughs> to affect the format?
0: Honestly, with my with my lack of experience in Classic um, and only really playing Limited, um, I can only kind of guess at what types of decks will, like, what, what people will play in a deck or why they would play a deck. And because I don't have as much constructed experience, um, it's kind of hard to know the full meta. Uh, but from the design that we put forth with Monk, I think that one of the, like, so, w- We wanted solo decks to be possible, and we especially wanted that to be a thing with, like, Tiger Palm and with like the ability, and with the statue that gives you attack. I don't remember the name off the top of my head. The white tiger statue. Yeah. Uh, we wanted that to be able to give you a permanent attack unless that counter was removed somehow. Um, because that way you can build up your hero to play with your hero. Because I don't, I don't know if... Uh, I, don't, I don't remember if uh, William specifically said this uh, outright, but he didn't want Monk to target unless it absolutely had to. He yes. wanted it to be... Uh, I, I'm sorry... I said, yeah, I was agreeing with you. He did bring that up in the Facebook group, I think in part of his design documents when he released it alongside the cards. He didn't want them to like have to target unless they absolutely had to, and so he really tried to keep to that. Anything that you hope shows up, aside from the obvious that you definitely want to see the cards you designed show up, but if, sure. is there a deck that as you were running through the cards, you were working on the designs and talking with the other people that were putting this together, is there something you said that's really cool? I hope that that makes a splash. Yeah. Okay. So that one, I do have a couple answers on. Uh, I I I think the best card in this entire set. I, I I this may not be like the the true answer or a real or like the best one, but I, I love Zen Pilgrimage. That is the card in this <laughs> set that, that just it says so many things about about Monk. It says so many things about like a, a spot in the game that wasn't filled, and I think that that card is going to make a massive impact in every Monk deck. It, like, if you're playing Monk, I feel like that that's going to make you think, well, what quests am I playing? How, how can I get even more value out of those quests? And uh, the other uh, card, I think, that as, like, an ability, uh, that that will make probably splashes that we that we reworked a few times and I think, like, was a big deal, was life cycles. Yeah. Um, yeah. We talked about ways to, like, take off the, the limitation for it, what we should do with that, and... That that's gonna be testing for a while because that that card is that card is uh complicated. <laughs> yeah, we uh, that one jumped out to a lot of people right away. I know the uh, RTO Games crew. That was I don't know if they're still doing streams. I haven't seen them mention it lately, but they were streaming some of their testing with the monk cards, and that was one of the first ones that they had tried out, and it got gross fast. Yeah, <laughs> it it got super gross. That was kind of one of our, it was kind of one of our hopes. That was one of our like kind of pushed ones that were like, "This is going to make waves." Right. Um. And I think that I think it will. And I think it just needs. I think it needs a bit of tuning. I think it's in a. I, I think that uh, if I remember correctly, what we were talking about, I think that's one of the ones that like after some tuning, that's going to be like one of the reasons to play monk. And uh, I think there's a couple of cards in here like that where they may not seem um, amazing at first glance, and they may not even actually be. Uh, necessarily played in a lot of decks, and I know that's a bit weird to say because we're specifically designing to get, you know, decks and stuff out there, but in the long run, what we want to make sure is happens is that there's a clear definition of like the basics that monk can do as we move forward. I think that so, is important. I can definitely understand that. I mean, even with the, the Death Knight starter, when it had come yeah. out just before Scourge War released, actually, there were a number of cards in there that it's like, well, well Why? But yeah. I can definitely see the gears turning in the designer's heads even back then. of Okay, well, this is what Death Knight is. This is what yeah. defines it to be a Death Knight. And I can definitely see that in the monk cards. This is what it means to be a monk, and how you play the game running that hero. Can, can I tell you my favorite bit of wording in the entire set? What's that? Uh, so William made uh, Storm, Earth, and Fire, and uh, I think that... For A while it said when your hero becomes the storm, yes, yeah. I we think he change. might still do that, and I think he adds someone pointed out that technically that card doesn't work the way it was originally worded. But I he's cleaned it up since, but it, he has it. I agree with you. I loved <laughs> saying that when I was telling wife about it. Oh man, that was that. When I read that, I was like, this is the card. This is the one. This is what we show to say we're making monk like yeah, this. Is, yeah, it's such. A, it's also such a good idea too. Um, for for uh, like a, like a master hero that just it, it's not meant to stay in play for the rest of the game. It's it's a, it's more of a a weird enchantment for your for your hero, like right. a weird attachment. Yeah. Um, and uh, speaking. Of it, so I know that it's. I, I know that as we continue, we're going to have to end up doing demon hunter kind of stuff, and we're going to have to like think about uh, like how legion interacted with all that. Um. We one one of the ideas we are tossing around right now is master heroes being the, one of the design things for Demon Hunter, like working with smaller ones and, and making them change a lot. Because if you played the game, they, met, they use metamorphosis, right? Yeah, and that's like their main thing. And now I want to do put a disclaimer on that. That is an idea we are playing with. But it's not what it's definitely going to be. Oh okay. <laughs> no! I
1: mean, the, there's so much work that has to go in all of it, and I, sure. no one should take anyone at yeah percent
0: Everybody out there listening, this is all you know. All speculation at this point, but we are definitely excited to see what you guys have in store for more monks, for demon hunters down the line, for even the existing classes because it's exciting thinking about all these different things, and we've said it a number of times on the show, and I'm sure you guys have had these discussions, that the WoW TCG, despite how long it ran, and it is one of the longer lifetime card games by comparison. Yes, Magic dwarfs everything up for obvious reasons. But the number of games are two or three sets and done at most. Yeah. This game still has so many different avenues that it can go in. And there's so yes. many different ways, both because of the fact that it simultaneously is open and closed in that the class system narrows what you can do, but it's one of those you got to get creative, so it then opens up other options. It does. It it, it really, also I do want to add that we seriously took consideration to what everybody was saying in the group. Like awesome. there was, no, I don't think there was a piece of advice we ignored. Awesome. Uh, like I, I know that it may not be super obvious looking at the set, but like we really did sit down and talk about different things that were being said in the group when we were we were talking when we thinking about it. good thing to throw out there because I I I know not with you guys, but from other projects that when people solicit for feedback and then you don't hear anything back, it can be discouraging. Or if it isn't readily obvious that yeah. the people asking for feedback are accepting it and reviewing it, even if they happen to ultimately disagree, it, it feels good to know that you guys at least sat and thought about it and considered we
1: did. it. Well... Just because I know we're keeping you longer than I had initially quoted you, so sorry, but you get us talking about Val oh, WoW and we can't stop. Yeah, we get super um, excited. I
0: will, I will happily talk to talk to you guys as long as you want me to. Also, awesome. <laughs> well, we definitely love to have you back. But before we close out, is are there any other shout-outs, any other plugs, or you know, any other projects you're working on other than your obvious grad work? <laughs> uh, a couple, actually. Uh, one thing I did want to say is that if you guys, if anybody in the community wants to do art for us for the carts we are happy to we're happy to accept that. Like, let, like, let's work on it together and like get that done because we actually uh we actually got some commissions for like I don't know if you saw trousers of cultivation like the new yeah, art. I love those. Um, yeah. that was my friend Reese. Oh, uh, awesome. We we we, we, uh, we went to he also went to o- o- OSU with us at Oklahoma, and I I, I I'm so happy with that art. <laughs> and, yeah. But if the the more commissions we can get from from fans the more we can, like, kind of add into this, the more, like, it is obviously a labor of love, and the more we can maybe get some kind of, like, approval from someone to print this. Absolutely. So... And I know that's, like, part of the goal, but no matter what, we can always, like, play it together at Gen Con's, and we'll know... And I think it's more personal the more people who love it working on it. Exactly. In terms of art. When you have that personal touch to it, it adds something. And the commission that you're specifically referring to we thought was fantastic art as well. And yeah. it... Yeah, and oh, and William is actually working on some art of his own, too. I don't know if you guys know that, but he, wow. he, he paints and he draws. Awesome. awesome. And, oh, I didn't know and, that. Uh, If you want to see some of his work, um, he does some magic altars for his own cube, and I think he's posted those somewhere. Wow. Uh, but he is currently doing art for uh, Touch of Death, I believe. Awesome. So, and then yeah. outside of that, um, I th- my own project that I'm kind of working on in my spare time, uh, that when I have it, <laughs> is uh, I'm actually, so do you remember treasure sets? Yes. Yes. Do you know how many weapons are in Legion for each spec? For each spec? Is yeah. There, well, it's one per spec, isn't it?
1: One yeah, one how many very specs are per spec?
0: Spec? Yeah, do you know how many specs there are? A lot. <laughs> well, <laughs> well three per each. Uh, well, actually, with two with Demon Hunter, I guess. Yeah, with a couple of different stuff. And uh, so it about ends up being about the same number as a treasure set. Interesting. So I am, if anybody would like to submit ideas for what weapons should be or what you think a spec could use in that in that regard, that would be helpful to me. Awesome. Uh, Where should people submit those to? Uh, to the Warcraft well, uh, Retro YTCG board. Uh, awesome. We are happy to, or if, if people, like, literally, I, I, one of the things I want to stress is I, I don't want someone to be sad that we didn't use an idea specifically of theirs. But if someone captures, like, the flavor of something, that's going to go into, like, that's going to go into uh, the, the idea of it. And if you want me to, let me, let me see if I have anything that... Oh, uh, do, you play De- do you play Death Knight at all? Yeah. Okay, what what spec do you play? Uh, currently, I'm holy. Oh, thank God, that's the one I was hoping you were going to say. <laughs> so, uh, uh, currently, uh, what I have down for Apocalypse the Festering Blade is, uh... I, I don't want to tell you the stats, but the ability right now is unholy talent. The ghouls you control get plus one plus one for each disease in play. When you strike with apocalypse, remove any number of diseases in your graveyard and put a zero zero ghoul ally token into play for each disease you move this way.
1: Interesting. That's like fun.
0: Yeah. That's, that is, uh, I like the, the intercorrelation between ghouls and diseases. Yeah. I uh, these are all I've mostly just been writing down ideas. They're not they're they're not like Anywhere near actual cards that may actually totally work, but all I've been trying to do is capture the flavor of what happens and put it on a card right? and then then going, hey, William, does this look like crap or not? <laughs> <laughs> it's got to start somewhere, right? Yeah. So but I th- this is more just kind of a side project that I've been thinking about, and it's not necessarily something that's going to be released anytime anytime soon or with it even with a date. But if people want to actually get ideas and want to talk about that, that's something I, I would love to talk about and try to like fit into the game somehow. Yeah, I think that would be a great so, discussion for the board. I don't know if you've already posted it to the Reddit, but I think it may be worth bringing it I up there. Either. There are some definitely an active community there and, and in Discord, as we mentioned earlier. So aside from those projects, anything else you want to plug before we sign out? Not off the top of my head. Uh, if, you, uh, if, if we want to talk about raids or anything like that, I'm also happy to do that. I think we were, we were considering something between, like, Karazhan or uh, – because also, how did Karazhan not get made? Yeah, that was, that was kind of odd that it never did. But I guess it, it wasn't – they tried to focus on the big ones, really, yeah. I guess. So I can kind of get it, but still, it was so iconic that I'm a little surprised. But if we could, if we, if you guys want to talk about like what raids you want, like Karazhan, Firelands, uh, do you do you guys want? Was Ulduar ever made? I don't think it was. No, it wasn't. Although I will mention briefly the uh, the Reddit again, there was a Hogger raid. Uh, oh, I, I saw that. That was in, sweet. Yeah. So there are some people hard at work still keeping that end of the game alive as well. Yeah, if people want to, if people want to like just create and talk about that, we like. We we can't promise it's ever going to end up like in, in a final set, but we can promise that if you if you have a good idea, it will be considered and thought about. It will awesome. it will come into like our, our consideration and like um it like I mean, if it's oversaturated, we can't like include everything. I'm picking now, Jeez. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But if uh if uh if, if there's like a good idea that captures flavor of how, the, how it works in the game and puts in the card, or if there's a really good design thing we hadn't thought about in the space, like in a design space, like. It just like throwing ideas, brainstorming, throwing ideas out there does not hurt. Right. And, yep. Better too so, many ideas than not enough, I guess. And the and the more talk and the more talk we have about it, the more buzz about it, the more people care. Right. So like, and I, I, I'm always happy to talk about talk about the game. So
1: awesome. Well, then hopefully yep. we can have you back. Well, thank you very much for joining us today. We really appreciate you coming on. Um, Once again, this is Andrew Teske, the second-place deck winner of uh, Gen Con 2017. Oh, my God, I can't believe it was 2017, and now we're in 2018. (laughs) That's a story for another day. Um, Thank you again for coming out. We really appreciate it.
0: Thank you very much for having me. I'm happy to to talk to you you guys whenever. Yeah, we'll definitely get you back on the show, so you take it easy, Andrew.
1: So for all other things Random's Thoughts, you can find us on iTunes, Google Play, and SoundCloud. At our website, randomsthoughts.wordpress.com, you can now find us on Facebook under the tag of Random's Thoughts. Or find us on Twitter, at Pod. That's at R-A-N-D, thought, thought pod and please feel free to reach out to us on gmail at randomsthoughtspodcast at gmail.com hope to hear from you soon